Hi guys, welcome to a brand new episode of History of a Haunting. This week we sit down and have a chat with Alex Metsuo, author of the new book, The Hamdenville Hauntings, Ghosts of the Trivet Clinic. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our new friend, Alex. Hi. Hello. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. So guys, listen, we have known Alex for a hot minute. Uh, I did meet her at Carolina Cons down in Charlotte a couple months ago. And then Laura had the wonderful privilege of meeting Alex when we were in Gettysburg. So that's right. Alex and I, yeah, for almost, well, about five minutes. Don't, yeah. you know, uh, with Alex and her fiance were on their way home and we were on our way back. And so we got to meet in person. Um, but Alex is a wonderful, wonderful author and a wonderful, wonderful paranormal investigator. Perhaps you already follow her on the TikTok. Um, so, Alex, thank you for joining us. We do have a lot to talk to you about. And, um, Laura, should we just dive right in and just belt her with Let's questions? Should we do it? Yeah. All right. Just harass her with questions. Let's just harass her. She okay. Have a great time. Yes. Okay. So, first question Alex, what was your very first car you ever owned? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you're yeah, like. Let's do all the password questions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the four last four digits of your social? Yes. Uh, what was your mom's maiden name, by the way? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. First question that I'm sure you are always asked every time you're on a show like this. How did you get involved with the paranormal? Ooh, well, so the paranormal, I feel like kind of found me. It's always been a presence in my life, I guess. Um, But I didn't really get into like serious. Well, okay. If we count, you know, me popping into my car and driving to Old Town San Diego and walking around El Campo Santo Cemetery and the Whaley House, you know, if we want to count those, you know, then we do. I got into We've... it when I was... <laughs> okay. We do. We I really do. Was... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as soon as... Because I, I always had a fascination with the paranormal. I had my first experience when I was about seven or eight years old mm-hmm. um, in Appalachia, Kentucky. You know, that's... that's If you're going to have an experience, that's where you do it. That's where I mean, it. that's where most of the ghosts <laughs> are is back here. <laughs> right. You know... It's, uh, there's a different type, t- different types of haunting in San Diego. Um, it's very different. Um, it's so different. Uh, but yeah, so after that experience, it was just kind of a constant curiosity in my life. But my mom was also very conservative Christian who seemed to be a closeted pagan, but didn't want anyone to know that she was dabbling in like divination. And oh, my mom was a Reiki master. My mom was wow. a Reiki master. Okay, cool. I love that. Very fundamental, very fundamental conservative Christian. And when she passed and I was going through her stuff, I found like all these books on tarot. I found like two decks of tarot cards and a deck of angel cards by Doreen Virtue. Ooh, wow. Doreen went to the the dark side. Um, Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, 
what the heck? But because growing up, I couldn't watch anything with ghosts in it. I couldn't watch anything that could be potentially demonic. Like oh, okay. I couldn't watch Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon. I couldn't read the Goosebumps books. Wow. Um, okay. Anything spooky or scary. It was like not, not allowed. Now, when I got older, my mom became more receptive of it when I got into my 20s. But I was also an, ad- an adult. And sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> life voices. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll pray for me that type of thing right Um, right. yeah so it you know i so i had experiences basically throughout my life and then you know as soon as i was able to drive i was hopping in the car and going to old town or going to pioneer park and uh you know checking out cemeteries because you know that's where we go find ghosts um kind of yeah Kind of, you know, at least, you know, when you're a beginner and you don't know where to start. Exactly. Uh, Cemeteries is like basically like the obvious place to begin. Right. Okay. Dead people equals ghosts. Okay. Paranormal 101, guys. Um, y'all are ready to go ghost hunting out. Uh, so, yeah, but, you know, then I had that really crazy experience that was covered on haunted hospitals and the incident I wrote a book about called one bed over a hospital haunting that happened in 2006 the accident was new year's eve 2005 so basically freshly in 2006 i kicked off the new year with a um almost dying in a car accident and getting a spirit attachment um way to start strike your year off strong i mean kind of uh, yeah overachiever but go on (laughs) (laughs) and but it was 2006. The TV show Ghost Hunters wasn't even like two years old yet at that yeah. point. The paranormal community that we have today did not exist in 2006. Because yeah. um, I get questions about that all the time. Like, well, why didn't you find a team to help? And it's like, okay, you try finding a, a team in 2006. Yeah. Uh, the paranormal community was basically existed on anonymous type message boards or it was very underground. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't have those connections. So... After I had that experience and wa- and I wanted to learn more about it, but also I wanted to become a resource for my community so that people didn't have to go through what my mom and I went through. So that was really my motivation to really oh, start okay. getting into paranormal seriously as a researcher. Um, so in 2011, I started my team, uh, the Association of Paranormal Study. So um, that was a long-winded answer to say, eh, 16, if we count the, the cemetery wandering, technically 2011 uh, as a serious paranormal researcher. Good. I love it. I love that answer. Very detailed, very personal. I think that's wonderful. Especially for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with you. Um, I think that's a wonderful answer. And also I have one bed over on the way from Amazon. I cannot wait to read that. I am a huge fan of haunted hospitals. Um, And so that was the very first book of yours, I was like, well, I got to start with this one because I mean, it's uh, everything I love right there in one book. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So was for that, sure. was that experience, the attachment, what made you want to start writing down what happened, your experiences, like your ideas on um, research? You know, it's a good question. So I had put that whole experience to bed for about 15 years. Um, My first book that I put out in 2014 was called The Haunted Actor. Um, And essentially that was my, it was my thesis from grad school 
with some expansion and uh, because if you read that book it's very, a lot of people will note that it's very different from my other books because it's very academic uh, because it was based off of my thesis um, it was basically an expanded form of my thesis from grad school when I was at San Diego State University go Aztecs um, yeah, <laughs> gotta show some love, gotta show some love. Um, yeah and that basically came from, it was one of those things where I was interested in the paranormal. I always had an interest. I didn't understand really how much of it, if, how much of it encompassed my identity until I was talking to my grad school and my graduate school advisor, because you, you get an advisor for your last year of grad school, because you know, you're doing your thesis and right. you know, it's that whole like, you know, jury panel, like that whole thing yeah um, so you have an advisor i mean it's an intense process um and i was telling him my idea and initially i wanted to adapt the tempest into like late 1800s hawaii when japan opened their borders and you know you yeah. had the kind of the colonization happening of the native hawaiians from you know with jet with the japanese colonists yeah and i was like you know this would be a really interesting thing but i was really going like super meta like like avant-garde type theater too, but intersplice it with um, my grandfather's experience as a Japanese American in World War II. Wow. Okay. But really incorporate like the the concept of ghosts and spirits and the past coming back to haunt us and everything. And my graduate advisor, he was from uh, South Africa, so please excuse the terrible South African accent. He was just like <sighs> Alex, and I was like, what? He's like, you do realize that. You put spooks in all of your projects. <laughs> every project, every paper you have ever written in grad school has included a spook. Some sort of ghost or goblin or demon. <laughs> and maybe you should go in that direction instead. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up writing my whole thesis on the connection between like supernatural and paranormal and theater and how we use theater to express our beliefs in spirituality Yeah, and, uh, and how basically the very basis of our beliefs from a sociological and anthropological aspect of ghosts and spirits can be rooted, can be traced back to theater. Um, so that's what the haunted actor is basically is. Um, so that just kind of came from, I really want to write this book because I feel like, oh, this is a cool concept. And I can literally, I don't know if you've ever seen those memes. It's like, what can you do a 30 minute presentation on without rehearsal? Or without yes. Yeah. That's, that's my topic. And uh, I was like, you know, I should put this in a book. And I had a friend design the cover for me and then, you know, basically put it out there. Um, and that was the first time I was like, oh, snap, I can write a book. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this. Maybe I could do this a few more times. Um, and the haunted actor ended up becoming so well received, which actually surprised me given how academic it was. I was like, maybe this yeah. is not giving the paranormal community enough credit because I mean, a lot of the books you see is like so they're they're a lot. It's a lot of fluff, or it's just a lot of ghost theory. And I'm like, no one's going to be interested in this book. I mean, I'm just putting it out for me. Right. It, got, it was very well received. Um, and actually, a couple of colleges and universities around the country actually use it for, like, some of their lower 100, 200-level theater classes, which is cool. So That is it, it really cool. That. 
Yeah, Indiana State is one of them for sure. I would have I would have to go back and look up some of the other ones. Um, That's wonderful. So if you ever take a theater class in, in, at Indiana State, you, you might <laughs> run into my book. Um, so somehow someone from Llewellyn got a hold of the haunted actor. And Llewellyn reached out to me saying, hey, we really like the haunted actor. I did not have the traditional route to publishing, by the way. They, they reached out to me saying, hey, would you be interested in writing a book for us? And I sent them a wow, few okay. ideas. I sent them a few ideas. Um, some of it generic paranormal content, but then there was one about this haunted theater in downtown San Diego. And they were like, that one, do that one. So I, that's when I wrote another book. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So that was when I kind of realized I grew up not thinking I was a good writer at all. And I did document what had happened with the spirit attachment, like in my old diaries. Like, gosh, the cringiest thing I'll ever read in my life. Um, (laughs) And I initially didn't really think to talk about it with people anymore because – after you survive a devastating accident like that, you kind of become like, oh, that's the person that survived the car accident. Right, yeah. Really bad wreck. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the paranormal was still very much stigmatized. So, yeah. And I had friends coming over to visit me every week doing movie nights, and I didn't want to tell them there was a ghost in my house because I didn't want to scare them off. So I never told anybody about it, really, except for my mom. Well, my mom knew it because she was living yeah. it, too. Right. Um, it's an awkward I was, thing to bring up. Oh, by the way. By the way, there's there's this nasty entity hanging out in our home. But still, please come over for the movie night when we turn off all the lights. Yeah. And we just He's sitting right next to you, by the way. And he doesn't like this movie. So just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? Uh, he, this was not one of the choices he wanted. And we were watching a lot of, like, musical theater. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like Victor Victoria, Little Shop of Horrors, Les Miserables. Like yeah. we're watching like, like staged, staged um, adaptations. Yeah. And, you know, like Sweeney Todd, like with Angela mm. Lansbury. You know, that's we were what we were watching. <laughs> so it wasn't like Die Hard or anything like that. Right. Uh, so we probably hated our movie choices, right? Um, but I wrote it down in like a diary just to keep track. And then I didn't realize it until after my mom died that she wrote her experiences down too. Um, but I didn't know it until after she passed and I was going through all of her stuff. And my mom kept every journal she ever had, like since like the nineties, like she kept it all. And it was the heaviest damn box. And I was like, okay, there's gotta be something important in here. And there was, um, so I had already had that momentum from writing books to, well, what essentially brought on one bed over was, um, I had gotten someone from haunted hospitals reached out to me. Um, they said, Hey, we heard you have a story. Cause I only told maybe one or two people in the paranormal community. Cause my story and you've read the book, Carrie, it's, it's one of those stories where even if you tell like the most hardcore believer, it, they could still look at you like, really? It really was. Yeah. And I yeah. am a hardcore believer. And I was like, <gasps> like, it's it's insane, right? It's insane. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, I really don't want to be that person either because that can also become an identity really quickly in the paranormal. It really can, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, and I, and I had and I had a brand that I had built by then, and I was really trying to be like, okay, is this? So I only told a couple of people, and one of them had a connection with haunted hospitals, and they're like, we heard you had a story, but 
you don't have to share with us, but if you want, but if you knew people who had stories too, we're looking for stories. And I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like, yeah, yeah, I have a story. You know, yeah. I just basically said, yeah, let's give it a shot. You know? Yeah. So I met with one of the producers. We talked on Zoom for like 45 minutes and he was like, okay, well, I took some notes and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the committee and, you know, let you know. And I'm like, I didn't think anything was going to come of it. And literally like a week later, he's like, yeah, we want to shoot it. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Are you sure? I don't know. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, it didn't really take place in a hospital. I mean, it started in a hospital, but it didn't end in a hospital. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they brought me out to Atlanta like a couple months later. Um, I was like two months, no, one month post-op from having bariatric surgery. So I was stopping like every two hours to like walk. So I was driving from Raleigh to Atlanta because, oh, you know, we damn. were in the pandemic. We were in the pandemic. They didn't want me on a plane. Um, yeah, they, they, they compensated for the travel inconvenience, which was great. Um, but I still had to drive like eight hours to Atlanta. Um, so I was in the studio for about three hours telling my story. And they said, really? well, just so you know, this is going to be cut down to about 40 or to about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. And I was like, wow. And I'd been on TV before on a paranormal show. So I know that they could like skew things. And sure. I mean, they do it for entertainment. It's it's nothing sketchy. It's just what they have to do to tell a good story. So in the small amount of time that they actually have. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they need to hit certain points. And I mean that uh, the episode made it seem like the Greek Orthodox woman coming in and doing a house blessing solved the issue. And that's not how it happened. That's not what resolved it. Um, (laughs) That's, that's my one thing about the episode that I'm like "Eh," about. Um, Other than that, they told my story. They did a great job, but I knew oh, they weren't going to be able to tell the whole story. Um, so that's what prompted me to write one bed over. So I basically got my journals, my mom. Well, I had to review my my journals and my mom's journals anyway for the episode to prepare. Like, do I have all my facts straight? Like, right. It, it yeah. Had been, it had been 15, 14, 14 years at that point. I'm like, can I trust my memory? Like. Um, yeah, little it gets a little tricky to remember that much, like eight months of my life that happened when I was twenty. You know, that's a lot to have to process, especially stuff that you probably would rather forget. Like, I'm sure that there were like situations that you were like, I don't actually want to remember this. So the the idea of having to recall it for this show is not great for me. Plus, just yeah. after a major traumatic incident, you know, like, I mean, all yeah. of that combined, like, it seemed like it, yeah, it yeah. really hard yeah. to keep and track of. It really, it really was. And thankfully, you know, we, I had my journals and my mom's journals to kind of help piece it together. And then I did have to reach out to some of my friends who, you know, that I was close with at the time, and I'm still friends with them. And I just said, hey, what all do you remember from my accident, specifically the night of, because I know my mom called all of my friends when the accident happened because they were all in the, they were all in the lobby. And I knew that because of the out of body experience that happened when I walked into the lobby and I was like, Oh, everyone's here. But it was also like, wait, am I dying? And this is my like vignette of everybody that I love. Like <laughs> bid me farewell before I go into the light, you know, it was one of those like, did that actually happen? But it did, yeah. it did happen. Um, but I had to reach out to all of my friends and basically say like, 
hey, what do you remember from that yeah. night? From that night specifically, but also what do you remember from that period of time? Because is there are there things that I don't remember? Because, you know, I was, I was also on Painkillers, too. It's a, it's a Right, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so having to piece that together and being able to tell the story accu- as accurately as I could... Um, yeah, so I, I really wanted to put the book out just so that to clarify details, questions, um, try to answer some concerns that could, and then really no concerns have popped up. I mean, That's besides good. the fact that we're all trying to, people are trying to figure out like, well, what if that was a poltergeist? What what if that was her processing trauma? Or what, or like, yeah. there seems to be team ghosts and team poltergeist now, which is really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's like oh okay. I, I mean I could see, I could see both. Like I could see it as both or maybe. Well yeah, yeah. And the, so especially yeah. with the traditional or at least the uh, um, research aspect of what a poltergeist is. Mm-hmm. Um, most people it's tend to think. Funny. Right. Yeah. Most people tend to think it is, you know, Carol Ann and the TV and the that's a poltergeist. But it, it, from a, a psychical research aspect, a poltergeist is something very different. A lot of um, people believe that the Enfield poltergeist mm-hmm. had to do with the, the young girls in the home. So mm-hmm. um, and we have talked about poltergeists um on the show very often because there's a lot of those claims like you said in in hauntings in specifically in private residence cases mm-hmm. um but yeah so that that is you're right it's it's very much team ghost team poltergeist and is um in the what four years i have been investigating private residences and like iconic locations not so iconic locations just off the beaten path i have yet to run into a poltergeist frankly they're honestly they're extremely rare and i think i think people overuse that term as well yeah. as overusing tulpas and thought forms i say yeah. this now with the whole chapter in the hamptonville hauntings but yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops uh it's totally called spoiler alert yeah, but no, I, I feel like that term gets a bit overused these yeah. days. And you're right. People don't really understand what a poltergeist is, especially from a psychical research side. And Because yeah. I see it on TikTok all the time. And I'm just like, y'all, this isn't a poltergeist. Like, this is... Usually it's fishing line if it's on TikTok. <clears throat> I mean, um. yeah, basically. <laughs> yep. My friends have quit sending me those videos because I'm like, ah, actually... Mm-mm. And they're like, okay, yeah. never mind, Kay. There's, <laughs> there's right. people who fall for that and it's... I try to be as gentle as I can with people like that because I'm like, okay, you don't know what you don't know. Um, exactly. You know, I'm going to try to be as gentle as I can to basically say, hey, you're being fooled. Um, I think a lot of those accounts yeah. are more experimental accounts to see just how much people will believe. Um, but yeah, people don't really under- don't understand a lot of terminology or they'll just take what they see on TV and run with it, which... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, the, the school of a certain guy who uses too much hair gel, he is not the ultimate authority in the 
paranormal. Um, and honestly, yeah. neither is anyone really on TV either because mm -hmm. they have a storyline that they're they have a brand in the storyline that they're trying to sell. And um, yeah, a lot of them are actually really smart, like off camera, yes. like me and Adam Barry have like talked shop about like the Estes method quite extensively. And I'm just like, this is the Adam I don't see on TV. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated right now. Like, I'm just like, holy cow, like, well, okay. yeah, yeah. And see, that's the thing, too, is because especially as the genre moves along and more people get interested in it, there's a um, what's the next best thing? What is something that has not been done before? Like everybody can go into all of these locations and do their investigations and they can try new techniques and they can try new equipment, but that gets old. I mean, ghost hunters, like you said, ghost hunters was what? 2005, 2006. It's certainly what yeah. launched everybody into interest in the industry, but to just kind of keep recycling that, you know, I, I love Supernatural, but that shows you sort of restarted to recycle storylines. And that's kind of what a lot of paranormal reality shows have done as well. Yep. And it's it's still happening. And it's the same people. And, and the crazy thing is with paranormal TV, it's the same people like they just recast yeah. different people like Ghost Nation, then the reboot of Ghost Hunters, like Ghost Nation got canceled so that that cast can move into Ghost, the reboot, the next, the second reboot of Ghost yeah. Hunters. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, it's the exact same people with it's just nothing just a different name on it. And it's the exact yeah. same format. Yeah. But people eat it up. But, but I'm also curious of like, how much are people actually eating up? Like, I actually would love to see the data um, on these shows right. these days. And I'm sure it is accessible somewhere. I just don't know where to find it. Um, but it's just kind of mm. crazy. And then of course, we get this whole Eli Roth is now doing my possessed pet, which oh, I have mixed feelings. I I'm definitely do. About. Oh, my gosh. And then I get well, after I posted my slam post about it i get messages from people who apparently filmed episodes for it and they're like oh no my story is not about possessed pets at all and i'm sitting here my tv experience i'm thinking about my tv experience and i'm like are you 100 sure like because they ask yeah. you certain and i'm not saying this to demonize the industry i mean the industry's it's entertainment at the end of the day entertainment they got to do what they got to do but they will ask you certain questions for you to answer in a certain way so that they can edit you to say certain stuff. Yeah. And right. Oh, okay. They you want know, to lead you down that path. Well, here's an example. So if you've seen the episode of Haunted Hospitals, my episode where, you know, the little Greek Orthodox woman coming in to do the blessing and everything, the way I described it, if you had heard the full clip of me describing it, you would not have thought that it worked. And then the producer asked me, well, what did work? And, um, and I told her what worked and she said, can you say it worked? And I'm like, it worked. They used that clip of me saying it worked after the, the, the shot of yeah. the blessing. Yep. And I so, was I like, mean, it wasn't a lie. You did say it, but they, it's just the way they presented it. Well, yeah, they're going to cut the it and they, edit it. That's yep, exactly. So, so when people, I might have just gotten blacklisted on every production company, but that's okay. Um, but so when people, so when a couple of these people came up to me saying, oh, I filmed an episode for this and I, it wasn't about possessed pets. I'm like, 
are you 110% sure about that? Yeah. Because the description of the show is very clear. And the description of the show is very clear saying this is about pets who have been possessed. So it's like if you've said anything like it was like they were possessed or it was like they were a different animal or anything they just the yeah. same, like they can they and I said they can and because apparently when they filmed this too, the working title was not my possessed pet. It was a different working title that wasn't that wasn't anything like it. So Ugh. I'm just like and I just told him, I said, if I were you just be very careful and just be prepared to maybe you may have to post some corrections um, because the way that they ask you questions and the way they have you present things, it can all be edited. And that's just part of the industry and yeah. going into that and knowing that, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, but, it, but there's a certain narrative that these shows are trying to sell Um Demon in the White House, same deal. Like, ah, man, that that shock talk really. Did, I was not happy with that. Um, I have not seen that one yet. I think I've seen all of the shock docs, but I have not seen that one yet. It's well, it's entertaining, but it's not accurate. Right, and it, you know the things they don't talk about on these shows is not every investigation do you get evidence, you know, but every right. one they do, right, and they. Nothing gets resolved exactly in 43 minutes perfectly with, you know, invest, you know, no. with no. great evidence and all this other stuff. I mean, how much of it is is faked? Plus, I love that there are ghost hunters who've been doing this forever. And, and this is almost any show. And then they have some interaction and then they run away scared. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're the um, experts on this on TV. And now you're screaming. Yeah and afraid yeah. you know what i mean so like it, it, that kind of stuff always bugs me i'm like the rest of us real investigators would be running towards whatever's happening trying to document trying to whatever trying to figure out what that was yeah what it was yeah 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 especially yeah. the ones that tend to um not tend to that flat out antagonize and they provoke and they go in like you can't do nothing to me and blah 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 and then I think I saw a meme, and Alex, I think you saw I don't know it which too. Which you're talking about? I've seen it. Yes, where <laughs> Ghost Adventures is basically they just go in and talk a bunch of shit to ghosts, and then get scared and run away when the ghosts square up. <laughs> like that's kind of you know. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, and our listeners are not surprised that shows. we're ripping on Ghost Adventures. We do it all the time. <laughs> But I mean, this yeah. is something that I've seen in, a, in almost all of the shows, mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. you have that theatrical and, you know, input into this show because you need the drama, right? You need, right. you need the fear because that's why people are watching it. People love to be scared. They love haunted houses. You know, they love poltergeists. Everybody yeah. loves scary movies. You know, we're looking, they're <laughs> looking for that thrill. They may not go in and like tromp around and abandon lunatic asylum themselves, but they love to watch other people do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> That's so you just like answered like three of our questions that we were getting ready to ask you. So thank you for that. Um, basically, one of the questions Laura was going to ask was let's talk about what filming a paranormal reality show is really like. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I, I mean, it's one of those things where 
If I get an opportunity again, I don't think I would say no. Um, I mean, I, 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 now I had to get a very clear understanding for haunted hospitals, especially since I was going to share such a personal story yeah. and I didn't know what they were going to do with it. I mean, this is my reputation. This is my life. I mean, I, and I work a nine to five corporate job. Like yeah. my work life is nothing spooky at all. I don't get paid to ghost hunt. I make maybe enough money per month for monetization to pay yeah. a bill or two. Um, that's, and even yeah. then that's like, I'm living the dream. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> like, literally it's like the single right. tear comes in. It's like, right. I've made it. Um, <laughs> right. If you can but, cover the uh, cost of your investigations, you're like, or at least one, you're like, yeah, that's yeah. great. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if I can break even or if I can at least pay for my hotel, that's great. Um, yeah. So with like, so the first TV show I was on was Most Terrifying Places in America. Yes, you were. I saw that one. I love. I love that. I love worst camera show. angle ever. <laughs> <laughs> the camera was like down here, and it was like an upshot on my nose and my double chin in all of its glory. Um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I think that may have been the shot that was like. I should get weight loss surgery. <laughs> That's okay. That's me with that may- every picture Carrie posted me. She's like, I look great. I'm like, yeah, but I have seven chins. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's because I take it from up here. I'm I'm always lit up high. I'm, you know. Right? You know, you've got to do it from up there. Um, Damn it. Yeah, so we had run into a snafu with most terrifying places in America because we were originally supposed to film at Old South Pittsburgh Hospital. Ooh. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but... This is when the pre, not the current owners, not with Ronnie and all of them, the previous owners, when they had old South Pittsburgh hospital, apparently. So we were literally driving to South Pittsburgh. We had just crossed the Tennessee line. Like we were starting to see the cardboard cutouts and billboards of Dolly Parton. Like we were in Tennessee. Right. <laughs> um, and my team member got a call from the producer saying we lost access to old South Pittsburgh hospital. It's been condemned and shut down by the IRS for back taxes, but also hazmat is there because apparently the place is full of black mold. So there was no way. Yikes. Place. Yeah. There was no way. Um, and the producer was like, you know, is there anything else that you have done in South Pittsburgh that we can do to salvage this? Cause, Cause we're all here. Out. Yeah. We're all here. And, you know, there was this and, you know, we had done a very basic investigation of like this building that was in an intersection in downtown South Pittsburgh, where like, you know, this Christmas Eve shootout had taken place. Literally, the one piece of data that we really caught was the one that I talked about where we caught that EVP of that guy saying Ben. That was that was it. That was it. Like that. Wow. That was the quietest night ever. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we were like, I don't know if you can use this, but, and they were like, we're going to have to, we're going to do our best. Yeah. Yeah. Do our best. So, um, so, and maybe I'm breaking some confidentiality contracts here, but also I kind of <laughs> don't care. Um, so when we were so basically we we i i was okay with embellishing i was like or or exaggerating sure exaggerating i was okay with exaggerating like if you needed me to go <gasps> you know i right. would do it like i i need to use my theater degree somewhere so right. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, I, I need to justify the $60,000 student loan debt to get a theater degree. Like, you know, yeah. um, let me show you what I got. <laughs> yeah. Like if I needed to exaggerate or overact, okay. But there was times where they, we were kind of asked to lie. And I, oh. I had a whole breakdown on set. Like it was my first TV gig. And when we were getting requested, like, Hey, you can make, you can make things up if you want to. I broke down in tears. I was just like, this was something that I had wanted for so long. And I thought like, this is, this is it. Like this is yeah. like, not that we made it, but like the, this is a huge milestone in my career. I ended up bawling my eyes out on set. Like, right. Like I was and, and unfortunately, the people I was with at the time, they were more than willing to yeah. lie, which mm-hmm. meant I was outnumbered. So sure. I was like, okay, well, okay, I will, I can talk about, I can talk about the history. We could talk about the history. I could talk about my personal experience in the EVP, but I'm not going to say anything more than that. Like, yeah. At least make the piece that I know that I was honest on that show yeah um but you know but it it was a little disappointing to i guess i i always knew because i i worked for a paranormal tv star for a while like i knew with tv like that happens sometimes but it's one thing to hear about it but then it's another thing to experience it yeah you're on set you're talking to the producer the cameras are right there you got your makeup done. You got your 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 clothes on, and your hair is done, and you're there. And it's like, okay, we want you to do this, and it's like, oh, okay, huh? Like, <laughs> I, I, I was a mess. I was a yeah. mess, and um, and luckily, I mean, I'm at peace with that with that episode. I'm like, okay, we were, it's, yeah. Maybe a little exaggerated, but it stayed on. My part stayed honest. You know, I can I can say that. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I could say that. So when the haunted hospitals thing came around, I was just very like on guard. About apprehensive, it. yeah. I was very yeah. apprehensive. Polar opposite experiences. My really? experience on haunted hospitals was wonderful. Like, well, and also what's funny with most terrifying places in America. They didn't compensate us at all. And we drove from Raleigh to South Pittsburgh, which is like a long. It's a long, long drive. Yeah. It's a long drive. And it's we paid drive. for our own, our own hotel, our own food. You know, I had yeah. to take time off of work. Like it, it was a significant investment of time and money for me and my, and my girls. Yeah. And um, they didn't compensate us at all. As far as I know, we weren't compensated. I also wasn't the one who arranged everything, so you never know. <laughs> um, so, um, so with haunted hospitals, when they wanted to use my story and have me drive to Atlanta to film, I was very honest and I said, "Listen, I'm I'm out of PTO because I just had surgery a couple like a couple months ago. Um, my vacation time, my PTO, my medical leave. Um, I'm cashed out." Yeah, I'm cashed out. I mean, I did, I did get um, disability for my or disability or medical leave. I, I did get compensated for that. But anyone who works in corporate America knows that you don't really get 100 percent of your salary. It's like right. 80 to 90. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. 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 I, I got 90. So. Oh, know, that's good. That yeah. Was, 
that's good. That's good. But it still wasn't mm. my full salary. So I basically told Honda Hospitals like, that, and that's why I used so much of my PTO and my vacation and my personal time so I could get as much of my full paycheck as I could. Right. So I told I I told the producers I was like, listen, I'm cashed out with time off, um, with paid time off. Um, if you since you don't want me on a plane, this is an eight hour drive. I just had surgery, so I can't drive a full eight hours in a day. I'm going to have to stop every couple hours and possibly do an overnight stay in Spartanburg, South Carolina, because that's like the halfway point. Yeah. Um, I was like, and after giving them my demands, um, I was like, there's no way. There's no way they're going to say Here's that. my rider. And- <laughs> no, 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 only. <laughs> exactly. So, and, you know, and I said, but also I did just have weight loss surgery and I'm living on milk on not milkshakes, but protein shakes right now. So, you know, you know, I wouldn't need a per diem for food. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be asking you for that. Uh- <laughs> so, so congrats. Um <laughs> Maybe pay for the occasional Taco Bell run to get beans and cheese. Um, but besides that, it's if I need a little spice in my life. Um, <laughs> but I gave them those demands and I said, essentially, this is the only way that this is going to happen. Like, yeah. Because you're catching me at a really awkward stage in my life. Right. Um, and they were like, yeah, we'll do it. And I was like. Wait, just like that? Really? Yeah. I was like, huh? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you, you, we got, we got your hotels booked. Uh, they're like, just tell us what nights you want to stay at that, the hotel in Spartanburg. We'll book that for you, and you'll have a hotel waiting for you in Atlanta. And I'm like, really? And I thought it was just the hotels they were covering. No, after I was done shooting, they gave me a big wad of cash saying, this is for your gas, and this, and while we know you weren't really eating food, here's a per diem for your food as well. And I'm like. I knew I should have asked for that extended RV. God damn it. (laughs) Right. I'm sitting here like, so know your worth. Ask for it. (laughs) I mean, Um, yes. Seriously. Like I'm sitting here. I was sitting here like, oh, cool. You're covering the hotel. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and they, and they compensated me for like the days, my days off of work. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh wow. That's great. Okay. DM me this production company. Cause I'm going to be like, listen, I can, I don't have a problem lying about whatever happened at whatever place. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) That also makes you think though. It's like, yeah, I'll Ooh, say there's right? a go- I'll say there's a demon here if you know if I'm getting paid ten thousand dollars. I mean, I'm, right? I'm toxic like that. I, I'm. I mean, I'm toxic like that. Look, they put me in the penthouse of the Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago. I don't know what to tell you. They just really wanted my story. However, right. I chose it's- to tell it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this that I a, just made they up. Put up. They put me up in a double tree too. Like they put me up in a double tree. So it's like you know, it's a grand. Wow. You know, I did. I did see a drug deal happen outside my hotel in Atlanta, but um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, what are doing? but um, yeah. yeah, but it was and they gave me space to tell my story. And um, that's great. They would ask and great. You know, they asked some follow up questions and I know some things were spliced, but um, but they were very like they just said, be honest, tell us your story. Um, if you cry even better, but we're not going to force you to cry. <laughs> and I was like. And I did but cry, but here's I a pair of tweezers. Me. Just tweak your leg. <laughs> right? We're going to just place onions around you, but just in case. Yeah. I didn't cry during any of like the spooky stuff. I was crying about like when I was revisiting the trauma of the accident yeah. and then trying to save right. my life. 
that's when I was crying because I was like revisiting. Sure, yeah. A really terrifying time in my life. Um, but they were very gracious. They were very kind. That's lovely. I had, I had a green room. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had a green room. Like, wow. it was, Fancy. I was sitting here like, Dang, I mean, at, for haunted hospitals, like we were putting our makeup on in the car and sitting on this wire table and chairs on the sidewalk on Main Street, like. <laughs> so, I'm sitting here like, dang, oh my goodness, I <laughs> most terrifying places in America, <laughs> right? Like, right. I was just like, dang, my my standards are now really high now. Like, if I ever get asked <laughs> to be on TV again, I'm right. like. You heard my demands. I demand a hotel, a per diem, and gas money. I'm telling you, we need to make writers. It's fine. We'll do it. A green room. Um, Oh, yeah. And I had, like, beverages. Like, oh, can we bring you a soda? Can we bring you an iced tea? And I'm like, yeah. If you wouldn't (laughs) mind. (laughs) Love that. Some snacks. And I was like, well, I can't eat food right now, but... Yeah, sure. Maybe for later when I can. That be could I get a to go bag? A to go bag. <laughs> right. I actually I think I took like five bags of snacks and I brought them back for my fiance. But, uh, yes. <laughs> God, like, I would do it too. Guess what? Don't need groceries for a week, guys. Look what <laughs> I got. <laughs> snacks recovered. But yeah, so they were a very Haunt, so haunted hospitals was such a 180 from most terrifying places in America. Yeah, which tells you, I mean, all of these producers kind of live on their own island, and these productions, these shows yeah. live in their own in their own island. I mean, yes, they're all in the same network, but they're not being run by the same people, and that's completely different right. showrunners, different production um, companies. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so, but but on that flip side, though, I can also see how easy it can kind of be to sell out a bit. I mean, Haunted Hospitals was very gracious to me, but they also didn't ask me to lie. So that's, but they, I mean, they could have asked me to do something besides cry. I mean, they're like, if, it, if you cry, it's okay. Um, but it wasn't like, we need to get a shot of you crying. Yeah. Um, they were very gracious and very like, just tell your story. And they were handing me like anything I wanted on a silver platter. Yeah. Whereas with, most terrifying places in America. It was literally like you're paying your own way and staying in a sketchy motel six and putting your makeup on in the car and giving like the bare minimum. And I yeah. want you to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, with all this, could you also make a silk purse out of a sow's ear with this story? <laughs> so just whatever you got to do to do that, that's fine. I remember that episode because I remember thinking the first thing I thought was, Pittsburgh. Okay, that it's not Pittsburgh. It's not spelled with an H. Well, what is this? But it was a fascinating little story about this Christmas shootout. And I'm like, oh, wow. But with that show, they cover like, what, three or four scary places. So there isn't a whole lot of time to get too in depth. So I guess I can kind of see where they were like, just make up something or just, you know, whatever. It was literally low bare minimum like yeah make super yeah yeah exactly exactly so for folks that want to watch this episode of most terrifying places and haunted hospitals where can they find these episodes yeah so the episode of most terrifying places in america now they've done some weird revamping i think with jason hawes and it's called Mm -hmm. most terrifying in some iterations yeah i just know 
My episode is called Cursed Towns. I'm not sure what season or episode, but okay. if you look up most terrifying places in America, Cursed Towns, it should pop up. Um, with I'm going to jot it down. And with Haunted <laughs> Hospitals, it's um, season three, episode 12. Um, that episode is called They Followed Me Home. And that they did. Then they did. They Dude, you know what? Um, my mom is constantly saying, like, don't bring anybody home. So that uh, very idea that unwittingly, whether you want to, you choose to, you don't. I, I'm she's constantly don't bring it. Have fun. Love you. Don't bring anything home is the very last thing she says. And before this I get home, she's like, you're not bringing anything home, are you? And yeah. then looking in the car like, not that I'm aware of, but I. Uh, um, so there are there any shows right now, paranormal reality shows that you're like super into that you like that you're um, following, or do you just do you watch any of it or? Um, I started watching Ghosts of Devil's Perch because I want to support Shane. Uh, not Shane. Um, well, I want to support Dave Schrader to a certain extent. Um, he and I have some tension if anyone follows us on Twitter. Um, oh. but, <laughs> but we, ha I, we have a mutual respect for each other. So I'm giving Ghost of Devil's Perch a shot. And um, it's one of the better ones. But I also have a very low opinion of most paranormal programming. So yeah. The, eh. No offense to Dave, if you're listening, uh, the bar is still pretty low, but it's higher than other programs. <laughs> so like, yes. if, the, if the bar is this low, Ghost of Devil's Perch is like right there. <laughs> it so, is. And it's very pushing it up. It, it, yeah. Um, I've been watching that show as well, largely because um, I'm fascinated by Cindy Keza and her mediumship abilities. So I always like to watch her um, and kind of the way she approaches investigations and things like that. I've taken a couple of classes um, mm -hmm. from her. So um, I have been watching it largely for her. Um, but I do think that it does have a tiny bit of a same Holzer Files flair to it it does yeah it does it does where they don't want her to go in and know anything like it's all very very similar it's just that instead of shane there's now kd so yeah that's a, i was just about to say that too and i'm kind of curious about that i feel like there's a story behind that but i'm not gonna yeah. but you know that's not my business technically um yeah so because i kind of like shane more than katie in that dynamic no offense to katie stafford if you're listening because you never know um right yeah i'm not too familiar yeah. with his work um shane i do know from obviously the holzer files and um i have met him a couple of times um interacted with him on social media and things like that so um he's so nice, he's so <laughs> nice and he's just got like this affable smile like i don't know there's just something just real kind of humble and about shane i yeah. yeah i mean and i knew shane before he was on holzer files and um so he and i we talk on the side you know often um and i do understand like he he kind of uh, he does allude that there's a lot of things he can't speak aloud about because sure. he's under contract of course um 
which you know of course it makes totally makes sense and again, and again it's one thing when you hear about it but it's another thing when you actually experience it yeah for sure so <laughs> i i do try to be respectful of that and i understand where he's coming from um but also it's yeah so uh, he 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 is an he's an ally for marginalized groups in the paranormal oh that's great he's a, he's, a, he's a quiet ally but that's because contracts and yeah things mm. and there's some things he can't talk about yeah i mean because he's got you know a weekly show and you know it's it's um i don't know as i would i want to be in that world you know Mm-hmm. yeah and you know shane's great um like i said dave and i have a little bit of tension but we have a mutual respect for each other i'd like to think um that's good. I've watched Kindred Spirits a few times, and let's just say what I see on TV from the cast members, I don't see that reflected off camera. Um, okay. Which makes it hard to watch Kindred Spirits for me. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Um. So are there any of these shows that you think are getting it right as far as paranormal investigation or how that's portrayed or? Uh, you know, if anything, Kindred Spirits might be the closest. But like mm-hmm. I said, I, I do have a hard time watching that show just because of the cast off sure. camera. Yeah. Um, I think they're a little bit closer to it, but I don't think we've quite nailed it yet. Um we need to get away from the whole give us a sign of your presence like that approach to ghost hunting because it's not and this is something i mention about in my book too it's like you don't really we don't get in in the hamptonville hauntings is a lot of the interactions that i had with the spirits at the trivet clinic wasn't from give us a sign of your presence or move this ball for me or knock for me or let us know that you're here you know and we didn't that's not how I got responses. It was treating them like people and, you know, yeah, just be having, I mean, I'm neurodivergent if anyone can't tell yet. Um, <laughs> uh, so social interactions are a little awkward for me sometimes. Um, but even then it's like just talking to people like they're people, people and- that were living. Yeah, yeah. Dead or alive. Yeah. Just have a conversation. Yeah, just- have that conversation and not be so trauma-based that's a big one a lot ghost hunting practices are very much trauma-based yeah um and we need to start moving away from that and i don't then these tv shows won't do it i don't i say they won't do it i don't mean to speak in an absolute i just don't have a lot of hope that they're going to ever veer away from that because trauma-based ghost hunting gets attention it gets views Mm -hmm. it keeps people interested yeah so Ooh, I'm going to try that later. (laughs) So your approach is more just to go in and start talking. Is that what you would do is kind of, um, do you do a lot of Estes? Are you doing it that way? Are you just going in and talking, kind of doing like an EVP or? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go in there. Um, I kind of do it more. I'm a feeler. I'm, I'm not a psychic medium. I will tell people I'm about as psychic or as bad as of a, of a medium as a hot pile of wet garbage. Um, <laughs> wet kerosene that Same. needs to be a little plain. Um, but I can feel things. Um, uh, like I can feel 
I think this just comes from my theater training and being able to detect tension really well because in theater there's a lot of tension um, <laughs> and it's like oh i know this feeling um <laughs> i haven't felt it since my parents separated just kidding um <laughs> uh, oh my uh, god <laughs> anyway um, yeah. So I, so feeling, feeling things. Um, so it depends. Like a lot of times what I'll, what I'll do is just start off like introducing myself and saying, Hey, you know, I'm Alex. And like at Hillview Manor, I was saying like, Oh, I came from Arlington and, um, I heard a lot of wonderful things about this building and, you know, all of you. And I'd love to hear your story. And like, just like when you're meeting someone for the first time and right. basically I'll, but also give them permission of like, if you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. I'm not going to be mad. Um, I'm just going to hang out here for a little bit. Feel free to let me know that you're here, whatever you would like to do. Um, yeah. And if I'm in like a room that's like, that had a specific purpose, like at, at Hillview Manor, I was in a room that, started off as a, like a cafeteria room, but then it turned into a hair salon. Um, so I was that's hanging a, that's out. That's a weird change. <laughs> it was a very weird change. Um, yeah. But it had like the basins and everything for, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the, for people to get their hair washed and cut. Um, and so I was, I was in this space by myself, which I hadn't been ghost hunting by myself in a long time. And I was like, oh, this is a little nerve wracking. Like, <laughs> Like if I were to see an apparition run towards me right now, like I don't have a camera on, um, no one's going to believe me. <laughs> I was right. like, really anything could happen to me right now. And, uh, it's going to be just an experience for me. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was in this room that used to be a hair salon and lunch area, but the, but the, but the wash basins were there. So I was saying something like, um, I said something to the effect of, oh, you know, hello, how are you tonight? And, um, you know, would you like to say hello or something like that? And the REM pod that I have started going off. And uh, this thing does not go off unless you're like, like literally touching it. Cause I have a cheap, yeah. I have a cheap REM pod. Like I, <laughs> 20 bucks for it. I paid 20 bucks for it, for it from this guy off of eBay. Like it, it's cheap. Um, it's cheap. <laughs> Unless you actually grab it, it's not even like getting close to the to the antenna and it goes off. You mm -hmm. actually have to grab it. Yeah. So started going off and I'm like, well, okay, thanks. Thank you for doing that. You know, just basically just opening it up and it's like, oh, do you want me to cut your hair? I don't know how to cut hair, but I'd be happy to cut your hair. Um, you know, just <laughs> things like that. Just having right, yeah, right. Those, those types of interactions and being comfortable with the silence and being comfortable with like being awkward and looking like a fool, I guess. Like yeah. not a fool is provoking and acting acting a fool. But right, you know, yeah. just like like, oh I could do you want me to cut your hair? I mean I could cut your hair, but I don't know how to cut hair. <laughs> you know? It's, right, yeah. You know, things yeah. like that. You know, probably where the spirits are probably looking at me like what the frick is this? What, you know? what is she talking uh, about? This is clearly the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like she's fun though, you know. Right. Something like that. Like I'd like them to to look at me and be like, she's she's weird, but she's fun. Like you know, we'll we'll talk to her. Um, 
yeah. so just just talking like and i find that also talking about personal like personal stories like actually brings out a lot of interactions and a lot of activity yeah and i got this idea from um there used to be a youtube show called queer ghost hunters um the youtube channel is actually still up so this was basically an all queer paranormal team Laura's like, tell me everything. (laughs) Yeah. So they would go to these locations and focus on the queer history of that location. And they start, would start off by telling their personal stories to make Mm -hmm. it a safer space for any queer spirits to come to come out. I don't mean that as a pun, but you know. Um. <laughs> My God, we've got to come out again. <laughs> um, yeah, so and it was interesting because they started making really interesting connections with, you know, LGBTQIA plus spirits, you know. And wow. Also being familiar That's with the cool. queen, I'm gonna have to queer history out. of the mm-hmm. historical context of the location is effective too. Like, you know, Trans Allegheny is a perfect example. The mm-hmm. queer men who were at Trans Allegheny were imprisoned because they were queer men. Um, right. Yeah. That's a that's a piece of Tala's history that the paranormal community like will not touch. And it's, mm, well, I wish they would. Um, but so, that gets skipped over everywhere. I mean, it, to be everywhere. honest, so it's refreshing to see. We were, I mean, I didn't even know that existed. So I think that's really cool that people were out yeah. telling that. The, the history, just getting the history out there is hard too. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, so just here watching them and hearing about them sharing their personal stories i was like you know maybe i should start just we're asking them so many questions yeah it's an it's an unbalanced exchange of information and energy being put out that's true like it's maybe we should start reciprocating that and um even before Queer Ghost Hunters, I think my first experience with that was um, I was on the USS Hornet in Alameda in the sick bay. And this was a battleship. No, aircraft. it was an aircraft carrier. USS North Carolina's battleship. Um, yes. Just in case any hardcore military history people are. I mean, right yeah, now. probably will because we're getting ready to recap our USS North Carolina investigation okay. that's Saturday. So I'm like, they're going to be listening to this. Yeah, but yeah, I, I didn't know. know. I um, didn't. I mean, battleship, aircraft carrier. And that was kind of like one of the things I used in my investigation was, guys, I'm a civilian. I'm really sorry if I'm getting your title or your rank or your location of the room I'm in wrong. Educate me. Tell me. Correct me. I'm I'm here to visit. I'm here to learn. That's kind of the approach yep, that I took. That's the best approach to have is no. anywhere. Like I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. Um, yeah. Like on the USS Hornet in Alameda, we were in the sick bay and um, we were asking a bunch of questions and then we weren't getting anything. And I was like, well, USS Hornet went toe to toe with Japan quite a few times. I'm going to tell a story here. And I just started talking about my grandpa. I said, you know, my grandpa served in the US Army during World War II as a Japanese American. How do you all feel about that? I'm just curious. And all of a sudden, all these little like green balls of light started showing up in the sick bay, like staring at it, like looking at it. It wasn't peripheral vision. They was just, they started manifesting in front of us. And to the point I turned on the light and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, 
Where's the lights? Like, where's it coming from? It's got to be a lens flare of some kind. Right. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. And we couldn't find a light source. And we turned off the lights again. I said, sorry, I just wanted to check something. Please feel free to come out. And they came back out. And it lasted for about a good minute or two. And, of course, our camera battery died when that happened. That's always fun. Right, um, yeah. That's always fun when it happens. But, but that was probably the first, like, taste I had of, hey, share your story because they will value it just as much as you value their story. So I'm right. like, yeah, you know, and then it got validated further. Um, as I was navigating an all female team and I mean, not to go with gender stereotypes, um, but I've noticed that men and men, women, female identifying, male identifying, non-binary, they approach the paranormal in very different ways, yeah. and especially in spirit communication. And I do find a lot of more female identifying investigators are a little more of the feelers which is good which is good we need more of that right because um, i mean i had a team full of men at one point and it was very like Ugh, you know like uh, but they were also marines so that's one oh you know. yeah <laughs> you get it um <laughs> so you know just just like ghost hunting with empathy or spirit communication with empathy and mm -hmm. And plus, if you share your personal story, you may inadvertently create a connection with a spirit and make them more comfortable to communicate with you. Yeah. Um, there is a spirit at the Trivet Clinic that used to be an opera singer and she was in theater and a performer and she didn't get a chance to really fulfill that dream. And <laughs> Lord knows I'm familiar with broken dreams of Broadway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so coming in and just sharing that. Um, she interacts with me when I visit. So it's one of those like, hey, broken dreams, broken dreams. High five. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, I Twinsies. think there is value. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? And, you know, when I visit the clinic, I'll play opera for her and, you know, she'll oh, react. And we actually caught her, like, audibly making a sigh. Like, last time, you could just hear her go, <sighs> You know, as, wow, as, like, yeah, playing the music, yeah, like those are the moments like I live for, by the way. Um, because they're so rare yeah. and unique and like situational awareness, it's they're those, um, everybody's looking for that holy grail piece of evidence, but those are really the ones that are the best, yep, really, yep. And and that came from, um, that didn't come from, hey, let us know that you're here, it's. Hey, Gwen, I'm here visiting. Um, I'm going to play, you know, is it, if it's okay with you, I'm going to play some opera for you if you'd like. And I'd love it if you could sing along. If I would love to hear your singing voice. You know, just things like that. Yeah. Like, right. like if you they know, were I, alive. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I like, because um, it's the doctor's wife that was an opera. Like, she was an oh, opera, okay. opera singer. Um, but, you know, she got married and those dreams kind of went, you know, like, sure. just... And she became an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> poor oh. thing. Um, it's so, gosh, her story. But um, read the book. You'll learn more about that. Well, um, you know what? Let's talk, talk about, about it. Yeah, let's talk about your book, yeah. The Hamptonville Hauntings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Trivet Clinic. I mean, Carrie, you know, because I was like, <laughs> Trivet Clinic at Con Carolina. Yeah, Con Carolina. <laughs> she was like, listen, you've got to go here. And so then we looked into it. And man, we are all waiting. We just cannot wait to go. We just oh, can't wait to a, go. Yeah. You're going to love it. It's um, a very small location though, right? It is. It's, well, it's about 
1,900 square feet. Okay. I mean, this was literally like small. I mean, it's a it's the size of a house. I mean, it's a small town. Sure. It was a small town clinic. Very innovative and very progressive for its time. Like okay. Dr. Trivet had x-ray machines. He was delivering babies, taking out tonsils. He had a whole dental thing in the basement. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, that scares oh, me a little. Yeah. Dental anything. I, I mean, he could be like the king of dentists and I'm still like, mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. That's his brother was a dentist and did his, and had his practice in the basement. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> so this is a place that really means a lot to me. Like I've been investigating this place since 2018. Um, when I was living in Raleigh, I mean, I was going quite often. Really. Um, until the pandemic, <clears throat> and then sure. I took basically didn't go back for like a year and a half, um, which was sad. But, um, but. Uh, the Tennessee Wraith Chaser started investigating the clinic, and then some of these ghost tourism companies, you know, like sure. Ghost Hunts USA, and yeah, they were starting to have their eyes on it. And um, I started talking to some people who, well, I, I actually helped out with their ghost tours last November. Oh, okay. Um, and so giving the ghost tours and everything, and I had people come up to me because part of the tours was, you know, I would tell the story about the basement and the history and some of the paranormal activity that we experienced. Um, but then I had people coming up to me afterwards. It's like, that's not the history that I heard. And I'm like, really? Hmm. You sure? It's the same history that, you know, Tim and Doug tell the owners. And um, <laughs> they're like, oh, like, no, no, like, I heard something different. And I started to realize that as the Trivet Clinic has gotten more exposure, the stories were starting to get skewed a bit. Um, maybe some of it for the purpose of selling tickets to an event. Okay. Um, not every not every company that was doing an event at Trivet Clinic was doing this, but there was one or two. Um, like I was hearing things like there was a brothel in the basement, which no, there wasn't. There was never a brothel in the basement. Um, if the locals did not tell me or confirm this and I can't find anything in the papers to confirm it. I don't think it happened. Um, cause the locals are very vocal. The locals are very vocal uh, <laughs> <laughs> in that area. Uh. And, um, and they've been brutally honest with me about the history of the clinic and what they know, because the, these are people whose grandparents or parents were born at sure. that clinic yeah. or their aunts <clears throat> had their tonsils taken out. I mean, cause that, that was a functioning hospital from 1932 to 1938. Yeah. 38. Wow. Um, okay. So, which wasn't that long ago. Yes. It was 90 years ago, but that, that's somebody's great grandparents yeah. or that could right. be somebody's grandparents you know, or even yes, parents. Yes, they could still, still alive. be alive. Yeah. Yep. So this, this area, um, this, this area was very much, is still very close knit with the community. Um, so I was starting to realize that the stories were getting changed a bit, but right. also I was getting really fascinated because everybody seemed to have similar encounters but also drastically different encounters and i was like okay well i want to do a a deeper exploration into this and so i really wanted to write a book about the trivet clinic so i got the owner's blessing and um, i just started diving in and i started realizing like there's so many layers to this haunting because the trivet clinic has worn so many hats okay start off as a clinic small town clinic hospital again babies are born tonsils are taken out x-rays were done teeth were worked on 
But then after Dr. Trivet died, Gwen, Mrs. Trivet, tried to keep the clinic going for about another year or two. Didn't quite work, work out. She sold it to a guy named Leo, Leo Rivers, who was the guy that she was buying booze from when she was dealing, when she started to develop her issue with alcohol. Um, sold okay. it to Leo Rivers. Leo Rivers, um, I couldn't find verification of a supper club, but the but it was known that there was a supper club happening in the basement, and then there was a detox center happening on the first floor. So, you know, oh wow, all right, basement, yeah, stomach bumped upstairs. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I also and I also found out that there may have been some selling of illegal whiskey and moonshine and harder alcohol at the clinic as well. And that was new information that I found out. Um, so after hmm. that. Then it became a nursing home and that got renamed like two, two times. So, okay. So now you got hospital, supper club, detox center, nursing home times two. Okay. Then after that, um, it was bought by the Campbell family who basically renovated it and turned it into a residence. So they lived there. No. No, <laughs> and, and they opened a and they and they opened a nursery like a plant nursery on the on the. Oh, plant. thank God! I was like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a plant nursery. They yeah. opened a daycare center. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, it was just plants. Um, and it was actually one of the most successful nurseries in the county. Um, yeah, so it was a residence for two decades, and then the the parent, wow. the, the right. units. Got the parental units got divorced, and so the husband sold the Trivet Clinic at auction to pay the divorce fees and everything. And um, then somebody bought it uh, by the last name of Shoe Shoebach. Um, tried to keep going with the nursery, didn't quite succeed at it. And then Tim and Doug, the current owners, bought it from Shoebach. So, um, so yeah, so you had the hospital, uh, the detox center, supper club. Nursery times two, a residence, and then a plant nursery. So it's worn so many hats. And also when it was a nursery, they had a lot of people working there. And working there long term, it wasn't like, oh, high schoolers working their summer jobs. Sure, like yeah. worked there year round. Like a good 20 people worked there year round, like year round for years. And that was something I learned from the from Kevin Campbell, who was the youngest son. Of the oh, okay. Family. That lived there. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And I, and I, I, so I did find the residents, the people, the kids of the residents who lived there, all the kids had very different experiences paranormal wise, which is fascinating. Like yeah. the youngest one, Kevin didn't really have much happen to him. Yeah. The daughter kind of had some things happen to her, but not much. The oldest son was tormented. And even like, <laughs> uh, even like his, um, his friends, when they would stay overnight with them in, in the trivet clinic, like they would report like something was strangling them or suffocating them at, at night. Um, so the oldest son was definitely t like tormented by something. And so the sister is like convinced that there was something demonic in the house, but there's nothing demonic in the house, at least not now. If there was, it's not there anymore. Um, and then the youngest son, Kevin's like, mm, the only spooky thing that we really ran into was sometimes the broom would randomly like end up in the hallway standing up by itself when no one else was around to set it up. And I'm like, 
Oh, that's creepy. That I mean, I know, I know, the, I know, brooms can do that, but somebody would still have to pick up that broom and put it and in the put home. it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that yeah, like so. that trend that was going on where people were like, yes. "The Earth is off its axis," and look, our brooms are standing on their. Yeah, that's what that makes me think of. Um, it's interesting though because there's a number of cases where. Um, multiple children in the home do have those different experiences like mm-hmm. Andrea Perrin and her sisters they all had experiences but they were all vastly different from one another yeah. same thing with the Enfield poltergeist like the kids were all having boys versus girls like the girls might be a little more extreme than the boys the older it's that's very common to hear in in a a, a home with multiple children that yep yeah just kind of depending on i don't know if it's depending on how much attention a particular child is paying to it or i you know i'm not really sure what causes that but it it is a very common claim it is it is um yeah so interviewing the two kids because the old eldest one had passed away um because mm. he had a very turbulent life after um the Trevor clinic sadly um oh, God. yeah so and uh, well, the interesting thing about the clinic too is there's so many layers to the haunting that it's hard to pinpoint who is there but there's also a lot of creepy synchronicities with oh. the Trevor clinic like so so there's a room in the Trevor clinic upstairs um, one room used to be the surgery room, and there's actually still a blood stain on the floor that you can see. Um, cool. Oh, little baby. Okay, sorry, I get a. I, get <laughs> I know he is the Great cutest, baby. sweetest cat, but he is <laughs> trying to take He's over the demanding. show. Demanding. He's pretty demanding. <laughs> yeah. He decides um, when he gets pets. <laughs> Recording, be damned. Oh. <laughs> I think oh, we have God. episodes where you can hear him purring in the background we also have episodes <laughs> where you can see his butt well that's that's amazing, amazing. yeah no. like look at my butt everybody thank you bye-bye he's youtube famous <laughs> so is this bubble <laughs> nice nice um yeah so it's 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 hard to diagnose all, like the haunting yeah. at the trivia clinic because mm-hmm. there's so many layers to it but also there's a lot of spirits there that people including myself have had interactions with that I cannot trace. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. Aww. Aww, see? They they could tell each other it was around. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, she's dead. Oh, I just have dogs and they're loud, so the door's shut. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah. So it's hard to pinpoint, but I've had interactions with these spirits that I'm like, I don't, I don't have any record that you existed, um, which is like, okay, so where did you come from? Interesting. Um, and then there's like, then there's like popular spirits that I have never had interactions with, but other people do. Like, um, one of the spirits that's across from the surgery room is named Vicky. However, the middle daughter of the Campbell fam- family is also named Vicky. So oh. I'm like, okay, so why, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, is this, like, we heard the name, you may, maybe someone heard the name Vicky, and that's how the name 
became what it is, but also like, is there, is it something Vicky, real Vicky, real life Vicky thinks it's a spirit mimicking her that is in the trivet clinic. Oh, um, I don't like those ones. Um, oh, Never a fan of the mimickers, <laughs> the ones that mimic. Uh, so uh, there no. is a, so one of the theor, one of my theories, spoiler alert, one of the theories in my book is that we're, that the trivet clinic is so I, I present a whole bunch of theories and like what could be causing the hauntings at the trivet clinic. One of them, not saying it's the, it's the explanation, but one of them is that there's a trickster spirit there. Okay. Um, almost like a Loki type of yeah. spirit. Um, because also there's a room down the hall from Vicky's room uh, that has a wardrobe that's believed to be haunted by, a, by a, the spirit of a little girl named Emily. I didn't know this until I interviewed one of the first investigators of the Trivet Clinic. She has a daughter named Emily. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, hmm. That's too coincidental, I think. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah, of it's, too, it's almost too coincidental. Yeah. Um, but And the Trivet Clinic is believed to be haunted by over 70 ghosts. Um, part of me wow. kind of believes it. Uh, just because the activity, a lot of it is, it's, there's consistent things with the clinic, but then there's more inconsistencies with the clinic. And with everyone I interviewed, I believe they had the experiences that they told me about. Sure. Um, I didn't sense any deceit or um, ill intention. Like they all believe what they had experienced. And um, it's it, it's it's hard and like i said it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's causing the hauntings and also i mean there's a whole possibility that because i'm also like well where are these spirits coming from because trivet clinic is also has a tendency to collect spirits like people oh. send them haunted objects um like the wardrobe was sent to them and emily was attached to that wardrobe they got a doll that came from the orphanage in gettysburg and I'm not going to lie, when I found that out because of my negative experience at the orphanage in Gettysburg, I was like, oh, hell no, Mm-mm. keep that doll. Away. Nope. 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 Uh, not not dealing general. with. Number one, dolls. Two, (laughs) Gettysburg. (laughs) Three, orphanage in Gettysburg. We covered that location in our episode of Gettysburg. And mm -mm, nope. Rosa Rosa Carmichael is not a spirit to mess with. Um, She's the one. She's the one that scares. Like she's. That's Mm. it. She's that. That's it. Because people ask me like, well, what are you scared of? I'm like Rosa Carmichael and the orphanage in Gettysburg. And I went. Three times this year. Yeah. Three times. I went three times this year. Yeah, three times. <laughs> so would you say that that is um, the scariest location that you've investigated? Is the orphanage or is she just the scariest entity? Um, she's the scariest entity. Um, she's, a, she's the scariest entity only because, and I don't even know if that's like the spirit of the Rosa Carmichael. Yeah. Um, she could very well be here. I go again. She could very well be like a egregore, a thought form, or a tulpa. Um, sure. I've also, I have also heard from a couple mediums that it is Rosa, but because of her actions in life and what she, how she treated the children, and just mm-hmm. how people have treated her in the afterlife, she's kind of morphed into this more of a creature than a human spirit and which is a very native american mm-hmm. yeah 
approach to spirits and even Japanese, um, even with Japanese ghost lore, that's a very, you know, Asian Japanese comp, um, uh, context. Yeah. Um, specifically <clears throat> with, um, not Juwan, uh, oh my gosh, I can't, I just talked about this a couple nights ago too. Um, but you know, if someone <laughs> in Japanese folklore, if someone passes away while experiencing great trauma, it's not necessarily them that comes back as a vengeful spirit, but it's like that trauma manifests into a spirit of its own. And that um, looks and like them and has their and it looks like them. behaviors. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's terrifying. And I think that could be too what is that could be what we've called Rosa at the mm -hmm. orphanage because a lot of trauma happened in that place. And it's oh, God, possible so that so many terrible things happened there. Um, and there's some creepy things underground in the church side of that building. Um, there's pretty sure there's a couple bodies in there. Um, so that could very well could have be what has manifested in what we call Rosa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not going to discount that either. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I have similar feelings about that with the Trivet Clinic of now, granted, when it was a hospital, I guess getting your tonsils out is a is a form of trauma. I mean, having a baby in the 1930s is definitely traumatic. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely traumatic. Um, getting your appendix removed, I mean, trauma. I mean, trauma in surgery that is a thing. So we could, I could argue that the sure. trivet clinic has its own form of trauma, not necessarily like trauma from abuse or you know assault or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, Depend, especially the, yeah, as the quality of care that was given back in those days, I'm sure the dental clinic wasn't the best. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Um, there's also a theory that they also took care of their mental health patients in the basement and they may have been chained to walls. Yeah. I have not been able to verify that that actually happened. Um, I haven't been able to verify it. Um, but I heard that it was a thing, but I can't find it in print. I can't find it in, um, my cat's meowing and if you hear her, I can, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> she's like, ma'am, ma'am. Um, I can't, but I can't verify that it actually happened, but I also know mental health care in the 1930s. Right. Not, Not the greatest. Great. Is there Not any the evidence like in the basement of the trip that might indicate that you know, chains were attached, chains were attached somewhere. Not really, but I guess they did find like hooks in the wall where like the chain links would have been. Okay. But I'm also like that could have been anything. I'm yeah. Not, not exactly Especially sure. Back then. Especially back then. So, mm -hmm. and knowing Dr. Trivet, the way that I've gotten to know him now, granted, everybody could have their skeletons that we don't sure. know about, but he seemed like a very upstanding person, um, very well loved by the community. Um, but also those are sometimes the worst people. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you but, listen to my favorite murder, it I is mean, true. BTK. Okay. Go on. I mean, right. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, but I've also heard like, gosh, and this was something I addressed in my book that I heard from a couple interviews of like, there's a little girl in the basement named Majesty. I huh? cannot track Majesty. I don't know where she came from, but she is one of the most active spirits at the trivet clinic. I cannot hmm. find this little girl to save my life. Like I've checked 
I mean, and Majesty is a very unique name. Very it's not unique, like, mm, yeah. It's not like I was looking up the name Karen. You know, it's <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Ashley or an Alice, like. Majesty is a very unique name, and Iredell County and Yadkin County are not that big. So I'm like, so I had a theory of like, maybe she was a patient of the nursing home and she reverted back to her four year old self when she passed. Um, That's possible. But also, there's a theory that Majesty was the result of a back alley abortion that Dr. Uh-huh. Trivet performed. I have a hard time believing that because Dr. Trivet was a very hardcore Methodist. Um, at least abortion um, that we would, un- I guess that mainstream people would understand abortion because mm-hmm. like this whole sinister sure. like, oh. but, fe- but now could there have been pregnancies, late term pregnancies that resulted in, in an unborn or an unalived infant? Yes. Yes. I think that- Mm-hmm. I think that's possible now. And painting it as an abortion like that, no, I don't think it would be anything sinister like that. Um, but that's a theory of possibly where Majesty came from. And I'm like, and you had okay, so many well, stillbirths back then too. Like, I mean, right. because you didn't well, have the prenatal like, care and stuff like that. You didn't know exactly. until you went into labor. Unfortunately, yep. like, yep. that and was common. This was a this was a small town. Right. farming community i mean dr trivet had like 12 brothers and sisters but like nine of them or three of them didn't survive infancy like some of them didn't even survive like a couple days so stillbirths are so common back then yeah um, yeah huh. it was so mortality common. rates mother mortality rates i mean yeah there's all of yeah. that right very very common um so but stories like that were starting to pop up and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, cause I was starting to see like the Trivet Clinic was starting to get painted as like illegal back alley sketch. Yeah. <laughs> happened here. And I was like, right. no, I, yeah. now do I believe that some pregnancies had to be terminated? Like, you know, because of health issues? Absolutely. Sure. But yes. not like, like, not like Dr. Trivet holding like, a coat hanger with like and laughing right. maniacally mm-hmm. like no but i was seeing that's what was happening so that's actually a big reason for like why i wrote the book oh, that's um, great like, okay like i need to i was like i need a baseline i need a baseline some things um but yeah so it's really that place is very complicated like but that place is also very comfortable like really i hope hopefully i'm not giving you too much of a bias carry before you go in there I probably am. Uh, no, not really. I think it's it's actually the way that you're describing it is utterly fascinating. And you're painting a picture that literally any kind of experience can and likely will be had. Yep. There. Yep. Which is wonderful. Yep. yep. I, and I find the place very comfortable. Um, I'm actually, I feel comfortable being there by myself. Like, yeah, I might get a little uh. spooked because I'm like, I was like, well, Majesty's going to manifest and show herself right in front of me. Me being by myself would be it. And I would kiss my pants at the time. Um, you know, uh, seeing a four-year-old child manifest in front of me, you know. Um, I mean, kind but, of, yeah. You know, kind of, yeah. You know, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be a bit freaked out. You know, when that REM pod was going off at Hillview Manor, I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay. And I'm by myself. Great. Um, 
Wait with it, Alex. Keep it together. This is what you do. Right. Like, <laughs> I think we all have those moments too. Like just, it, it, I don't know. Like you yeah. get kind of weirded out. And sometimes it's because something's happening and sometimes it's just because it feels fucking weird. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but Trivet Clinic, I, like I said, I feel comfortable being there alone. Now, depending on the room. Now, there is a spirit that hangs out with Emily. It's an older gentleman. His name is David. He's a grumpy old man that hangs out like in there. He Eesh. doesn't like women. But Emily, apparently he calmed down after Emily started haunting there. Um, but huh, if, I go in, if I go into that room and I don't say, hey, David, I'm just here for like a minute. Like I will feel like something is up on me like like really get out get out what are you doing here get out you know that that kind of thing like i don't get anything malicious from david it's just more of like i don't want you i don't want you around yeah which i you know that's a mood i can relate to so i mean kind (laughs) of yeah oh believe me i got you i can't blame him like then that's why when i go into that room i'm like hey david i'm just coming in here to put this recorder here yeah if you want to talk to it great if not that's perfectly great too no no hard feelings um yeah so there's and there is a spirit there in the surgery room um his name is philip that was there when it was a nursing home and that room was his room oh okay he doesn't like it when you sit on his bench like he'll make it very well known but he's also very known for deadpan humor uh but philip has also been painted as a trickster a bit and i'm like i have never experienced philip as a trickster deadpan humor yes because we were doing Estes method in there and um, one of my psychic mediums was doing the Estes and um, I was in the room too. And I said, well, you know, I'm just, and with, and with Trivet Clinic, I can't really make any assumptions. Like I can't assume that Philip is in the room all the time, you know? Right. And I was just like, I was saying something to the effect of, you know, Hey, hello, it's me again. It's Alex. Um, I have some friends with me, um, you know, here to chat, here to talk if you'd like. Um, if you're here, you know, let me know your name so I know who who to address and, you know, we'll get started. And immediately she says, Philip. And I was like, hey, Philip, how are you? Dead. <laughs> like, okay. Still dead, huh? Nah, that's a shame. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, literally, I was like. Okay, thank you, thank you, Philip, yeah. for that. <laughs> so that's so that's my overall experience with Philip is straight, you know, old man, deadpan humor, just a bit like yeah. try to be funny, but he is funny sometimes. Um, but some people will like get more of a trickster vibe from him, and he's more playful with them. And huh. I'm like, any playful with me? I'm um, <laughs> excited. I cannot wait to go and check this place out, and it's not it's- far. From here, it's yeah. over what, like, over by like Winston? Is it up by the uh, West Virginia border? It's closer to Winston Salem, so you're looking is it? at about okay. a third, about thirty minutes away from Statesville. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I stay in Statesville when I go to the Trivet Clinic, um, unless it's winter and all the bugs are dead. Then I'll st- I'll actually sleep there. Um, yeah, God, I can't wait for that. A um, woman after my own heart. <laughs> I'm like no bugs. <laughs> I'm out. Like, I could deal with I the will, ghosts, the bats, like no roaches, nothing. I'm out. Every clinic does get its share of, of bugs when it's um when it's summer. as soon as spring hits. Yeah. Spring and summer because yeah. it gets very humid in that area. There's lots of bugs, lots of mosquitoes, um, a lot of spiders. Um, yeah, Yuck. but 
depending on the time of year, I will sleep overnight at the Trivet Clinic. You know, why not? I've had some spooky yeah. experiences in the basement sleeping in there because that's like the most climate controlled area of the house. <laughs> mm. There is no, Good so you know. Is no air. There is no central air in that house. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, they will put like you, if you go in the winter, they will put like Tim will put wood in the in the in the iron stove in the basement and that heat will go through the vents. Oh, okay. Um, that's but that's about all you're gonna get um so you know i was i mean i was there in november and i was wearing like long johns and three jackets it's because it got cold Um, wow all right yeah so you know but it's um it's a fascinating place uh you know people who read my book ahead of time i'm hopeful i'm hoping that gives them some ideas of some things to do at the clinic besides like the the age-old like so Majesty has a ball that she likes to play with. Well, several balls that she likes to play with. If you put the ball in your hand, I cannot. Okay, explaining this is going to make it sound like it's the biggest sham ever. But once okay. you experience, people get it. So if you put the ball in your hand, she will move the ball off your hand. Not all the time, but she'll do it. Um, there's a difference between like the ball moving and you know your own your movement. own right yeah right with Majesty. It's the weirdest thing. Like, I feel like I can actually feel the ball getting squeezed and lifted up. It's the weirdest thing. And sometimes I'll be a jerk and I'll put my hand up this way and I'll say, okay, majesty, get the ball up and over my hand. So I'll, I'll hold it, I'll yeah. hold it like, like this, um, mm-hmm. just to, you know, do that. Because if I do it like this and it's like, yeah, okay. it's real easy. Yeah. Yeah hand alex but no i'll do it like this and we have video of like the ball creeping up my hand by itself and then going bloop, just going over and i'm like cool awesome. you know it's yeah majesty and granted she's four years old so we're like yay majesty it's like being a preschool teacher all over again right um, could majesty you know, be a young black girl Um, okay, so it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I, so as far as I've, we're from, we've been told Majesty is white, but there is a, a medium, a couple of mediums have picked up a little black girl hanging out in the back of the basement where Majesty hangs out. Um, and apparently her name may be Sonia, but there's also a little boy that haunts the basement too, and his name's Jimmy. So we got like three kids that we're like trying to figure out, but... Apparently, Sonia doesn't come into the basement all the way because of her skin color and she wasn't allowed to be in the space. And, um, okay. But it's funny you mentioned that because I've also have, have been wondering if all, like, if, like, I do address the misidentification of spirits. Sure. Um, book too because one of the interviews I did made something, made a really interesting point. Um, they said, uh, you know, we know the spirits by this name, or at least that's the name that they've accepted. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's ooh, a good that's- one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so with the whole majesty thing, God, it's kind of wiggy that you brought that up, because... That's just yeah. what I'm picturing. Every time you say majesty, I'm, I'm picturing a little black girl. And it could be the reason then, you're not yeah. getting uh, records. Yeah, that's probably why. Well, Shanna, I got to rewrite a chapter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. All right, the book is 
now coming out. <laughs> okay, um, so those we're of you pulling who that off of. <laughs> those of you who ordered your paperbacks, you're going to get a different version than what's going to come out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but that is something I bring up in the book too. Is like, are we misidentifying some yeah. spirit? making assumptions and um you know and that's our bias coming through too um for sure yeah that's our that's our bias you know it's it's a rural area of north carolina a very white area of north Mm -hmm. carolina yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, like when i was talking to kevin campbell he was talking about this really famous black man who um his name is teen hang on to my search history teen blackburn um very significant he, he contributed, um, he was the last, oh, he was one of the last surviving American enslaved persons with a clear recollection of um, slavery as an adult. Um, wow, so okay. So he very famous in the area. Um, so I'm assuming if he lived there and still lived there, then he probably had family and yeah. possibility. Um, right. So Kevin Campbell did tell me about that. So I don't think it's out of the question. Um, and that's the thing we it's it's entirely yeah. possible it's entirely possible that right. majesty it's wiggy that you brought that up carrie because i'm sitting here like <laughs> i didn't even bring up what we, the, the spirit we call sonia like that's yeah <laughs> there's majesty there's sonia but we've invited sonia to play with us too and the medium that identified her was like oh no she's too scared to play and i was like oh no i don't want i don't want. yeah um, I did. I did bring um, a black woman to the to the trivia uh-huh. clinic. Okay. Um, the just it wasn't like I brought her on to talk to Sonia, but it was like you know I think it'd be interesting to have you experience this place and um, you know because she was really curious about ghost hunting and sure and, I, and in, the, in the back of my mind I'll be honest and maybe this is my bias coming through in a really negative way but in the back of my mind I was wondering like if Sonia is there. Would Sonia, who's not very interactive with us, would she be more interactive with my friend? Right. Who would be the same skin color and maybe there'd be a little bit more com- comfort there. Um, but right. actually, interestingly enough, the night that, that her name's Natasha, when Natasha came, it was, there was nothing. We got nothing at the clinic. Really? Absolutely nothing. Huh. Now, now Natasha is a skeptic. That is one thing I have to know. Natasha is a skeptic, and I, and she did come in as a skeptic. So, um, okay. Well, so I'm so in a way I was wondering. Well, okay, not saying that the ghosts of the Trevor Clinic are racist. Um, not implying that. Right, but I mean, but, like, with any location, they don't like perform on command. Like maybe they just weren't feeling it that night. Right. That's entirely possible too. It was just, it was like, well, this woman's coming in and she's a skeptic. If we do anything, she's not going to believe us. So why bother? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, but it was just a very, like, it was very odd. Like usually when I go, I get a little, some, a little bit of something every time. Like, sure. Maybe, yeah. Something. something or we see a shadow or we hear a voice and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, and it's like that one thing, but Absolutely nothing happened and i was like that's interesting that's weird yeah that's very weird huh yeah it was very strange because even if something happened and natasha was able to debunk it i was like okay you know that's 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 cool that's i need that i need that balance right Um, so weird and i was like dang it the night that i needed y'all to do something (laughs) you're quiet Um, (laughs) i think that's quiet 
not quiet. So I don't know. Like it was just, but then, you know, one of my team members brought up, it's like, well, could the color of Natasha's skin have had anything to do with it? Cause this was a very conservative rural town in North Carolina. Yeah. Like, could that have been a factor too? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to think that, like, I don't want to think that at all, but contextually and culturally, it's like, we have, we do have to consider that too. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. cool. Right. Um, Which is awful to have to consider it, but it's fair. Yeah. And I, I mean, logical. Like, but, it, but as we were kind of doing our, we call our debriefs for our investigations, postmortems. Um, so when we were doing our postmortem on that, I was like, I like literally bringing up all of these other possibilities. And my team member was like, not to be that guy, but <laughs> <laughs> like, this is Iredell Gadkin County in the thirties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 50 40s 50s and 60s mm. needs and to be like, said whether it's comfortable yeah. or not yeah well it's like and we have to have those uncomfortable conversations and i'm just yeah. like well crap i'm like uh so and, and, and i won't really know until it happens again like true. Ah. that's true yeah and a lot of times they w- the you know african-american population wouldn't be served by the same doctor Yep, they would have had their own clinic usually. That could be a reason um, or why. place or yeah. home visits maybe. Yeah, because a lot of white people didn't want, wouldn't have wanted to share a doctor. And that could I mean, be that's the just reason a, why Claudia doesn't want to come yeah. in. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like she literally hangs out <clears throat> by the door in the so. And Carrie, this is you know when you go too, because if more people would try to engage with Sonia, I think that would be interesting i think yeah and helpful Mm -hmm. yeah for sure helpful yeah so usually when you go down so it's the door behind the stairs so when you go down the stairs you hook a right or a left there's a whole there's it's an area in the back of the basement with like a kitchen area it's got a stove that's the area she's believed to be um and like even after our first visit um we were addressing majesty and talking about playing tag and um, I'll send you the YouTube video of it as well because um, okay. we posted it on our channel. And I said, you know, touch one of us. Let us know who's it. And you hear this very timid voice go, tag. Like, just oh. very timid, though. Not like a four-year-old going, tag. <laughs> it's like just very like, tag. You know, yeah. very, I want to play, but. But I don't, but yeah. it's a very timid tag like that was something that um it wasn't it wasn't a very enthusiastic tag it was just like a i don't know how to do this i don't know but um yeah so the trivia clinic has there's so much going on and there's so much going on on every floor yeah um it's it's wild and i mean you'll when i mean when you read the book you'll see the i am excited yeah 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 to dig into it yeah this is gonna be great it's one of the best sellers on amazon right now right am i wrong yeah it was in the top top 10 today i think it's still in the top 10 see yay yeah yeah that's all that's amazing congratulations yeah thank you yeah yeah i never thought it would I never thought it would, I mean, I shouldn't say I never thought I would get there, but it's one of those, like, there's so many of these books out there that yeah. I'm like, eh, mm. but I mean, also my, 
my brand has come up a little bit. Yeah, I'm in, I'm still in the top ten for ghosts and hauntings. Yay! Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I think for Kindle, it's it's still in pre-order. Yeah, it's oh wow, it? twenty five. Yeah, it's number twenty five in occult unexplained mysteries. Holy cow! Jeez, that number <laughs> went amazing. up. Wow, that's yeah. great! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. That's exciting. Yeah, that's yay. I have to say, I have to say that's. This is probably the best performing book that I've had so far. I mean, even with One Bed Over and it being on TV, it's um, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Well, I'm going to screenshot that. Hey. There we go. <laughs> Yay. Little brag sesh. Um, Love you know. that. Yeah. Love that. Seriously. Um, um, yeah. Hmm. I'm excited. Okay. So they can find it on Amazon. Where else can they find? Where else can they buy the book? Um, so in a few weeks, I'll have it on my Etsy shop. So if people okay. want a signed copy, um, I'm it, now granted, it's going to cost a little more than Amazon because I have to pay for shipping. Um, sure. <laughs> so, that's, <laughs> so that's, that's one PSA to the masses. If you would like to a signed copy of the book, um, um, for my Etsy shop, it will probably cost about $9 extra just because of the shipping cost. Sure. Um, or catch me at the Trivet Clinic October 8th for the book signing um, or at a convention, um, maybe Fleetwood Paracon if Amazon is on top of it with shipping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, yeah. So it's uh, so so base Amazon's the main area, but okay. I'll have a shop hopefully in a few weeks. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Now, I do ask this of. Um, Generally, like when I'm watching Andrea's show or Entity Voices Paranormal Evidence, I like to ask their guests this question because I never, ever get the same answer. Uh, What is your most important piece of advice for a new paranormal investigator? That's a good question. Um... Go in with love and an open mind because the intentions that you walk in with, you will get back. That is an excellent answer and very, very true. Very, very true. Because I have found that in my investigations. And that is a unique answer. I have yet to get that answer yet. I'm on the hunt for like somebody to give me the same. So far, nobody (laughs) has which I think is really wonderful. Um, I do have one last question. And this one is actually for the two of you. So uh, Laura's like, I'm sorry, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Um, In fact, Laura, I'm going to have you answer it first. All right. Same question to both of you. So what is something that entertains you so much that is so silly, you almost don't want to admit it. Like, for example, I could watch my dog Chewbacca watch a frog hop around forever. I'm just so entertained by watching my dog watch a frog. <laughs> so what is something like that, Laura, that entertains you so much that's so kind of ridiculous? But yeah, it does entertain you, but you wouldn't really rather admit it, except for I'm going to make you admit it here on the show. I'm, there's so many stupid things that make me laugh. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't remember if you recall my Hawaiian chicken that I brought back from Hawaii that is sitting on my desk oh, that I make honk every time that I'm yes. having a bad day. Yeah. This is the Hawaiian chicken all that. Oh, God. Now she's going to And it is so chicken. the sound is like horrifically annoying and makes my dog go crazy. So I'm not going to squeak it. But it, well, I will. 
Like, if that's not the most hysterical thing, I don't know what is. And <laughs> I love stupid shit like that. I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. Um, and yeah. Okay. Just dumb, dumb things. Silly things. things. Yeah. But they yeah, just... that just reminds you of. Uh, it doesn't even have like a good time or for whatever <laughs> reason it just tickles your funny bone. You know right. I mean? You're yeah. Just like that's the. Mo- I love like shit that is just beyond pale, kind of <laughs> odd, ridiculous. So I, 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 I mean, I love you. So there you I go. mean, there you go. That says it all, right there. <laughs> so yeah, I like, so odd and ridiculous. Just a outside the norm Thanks. there, and cool. uh, yeah, and it always just kind of makes me giggle. Yep, love it. All right, Alex. Same question. Oh my gosh! Oh, my fiance is gonna kill me when I say this. So watching him <laughs> sleep. I know some people are like, oh, that's so romantic. But the way he sleeps, <laughs> so usually he falls asleep with his hand down his pants. So he's got his hand down his pants. And his pants are always, like, slightly down so his coin slot is showing. And he snores. But I am so entertained when I watch him sleep because he's, like, like and his tongue sticks out a little bit because he's got sleep apnea. So it's like, picture this guy bearded guy like falling asleep on the bed with his hand down his pants his coin slot showing on the other side and he's like <laughs> <laughs> i have a mini version of that at my house <laughs> yes a nine-year-old version of that yeah Nice. 100%. I love it. Those are the best answers. That's awesome. That's yeah. a great answer. I think everybody has something that they're like, you know what? I should not be entertained by this, but I wholly am. And <laughs> yeah. um, unless somebody asks me about it, I'm not going to just go around well, and tell come people. On now. You got to tell us one of yours. Just are you just giving us the chewy and the frog? This is chewy and the frog thing. Yeah. Um, what's another one? Uh, pretty much anything having to do with my dogs. Really, um, one of my favorite memes is like, "Huh, I just watch, I just watch my dog chase his tail for five minutes. Animals are so stupid; they'll just be entertained by anything." And then I realized I just watched my dog chase his tail for five minutes. Like it's stuff like that. That, yeah, anything that my my dogs do that I think is just ludicrous, and yet I'll watch them do it forever. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I had to and I had to end the interview with those questions. Now, Alex, here is the opportunity that we give everybody. Go ahead and do a shameless plug. Where are you going to be? What's going on? What's new for you in the future? Talk to us. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I I am going to be at Fleetwood Paracon on September 27th in Brandy Station. No, September 17th. Wow. Um, at Brandy Station, Virginia. Um, and then let's see, October 8th, I'll be in Hamptonville, North Carolina at the Trivet Clinic at the book launch party. Yay. So I'll be there signing books. And then I'm getting married the week after that. Congratulations. Um, Yay! <laughs> Right now, I'm like, I'm at that stage where I'm like, yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then November, first weekend of November, the second weekend of November, I'm going to be at Mass Paracon. Um, oh. Mass Paracon um, up in Concord, Massachusetts. Um, then I'll be at the Lizzie Borden house the weekend after that. So I think I'm just going to stay up in New England for the yeah. week. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then, of course, I just released the Hamptonville Hauntings this week, Ghosts of the Trivet Clinic, that you can find that on Amazon. Um, I will have that on my Etsy store, hopefully, by the end of September. So if anyone wants to get a signed copy of the book, they can definitely go through there. And um, I have other books available as well on Amazon, um, from Personal Ghost Stories to Ghost Hunting 101. Um yeah, I got a lot of paranormal love content it. out there that people can consume. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And where can they follow you on the social medias? Yeah, so on all the social medias, I am at The Spooky Stuff. Um, so if you type in The Spooky Stuff, wall one word in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you should be able to find me. All right. Yes, and you do want to follow her because, oh man, her TikToks are the best. <laughs> they are the best. I just you're winning. Love them. Yes, you are winning. Um, you are absolutely <laughs> if I ever meet winning. Jack Bagans after he watches all my TikToks is going to be the most uncomfortable conversation ever. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he has uncomfortable conversations with fans all the time because it's just it's just got to be. It's I mean, just, just think about the TikTok gold you can make out of that, though. Maybe you could. I mean, kind of a little tiny bit. <laughs> kind yeah, of. Yeah, a little bit. A little tiny bit. All right. Well, that is uh, it for us. Alex, do you have any questions for us? No, not no. really. I don't think. Oh, you've been asked. First time I've been asked that. <laughs> Surprise me with that. Um, <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm totally caught off guard. Right. That's, if that you don't, that's totally okay. Often. Yeah, I, I don't right now. All right, not a problem. Just message us your questions after the show. It's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> Laura, oh, wait a second. I have to think. Right. <laughs> I thought I stumped you with the "What is the silly thing that entertains you endlessly?" Um, <laughs> Laura, oh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find us on the social medias? All right. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at H-O-A-H Podcast. And on the TikTok at H-O-A-H Podcast, at H-O-A-H Carrie, and at H-O-A-H Co-host Laura. Yay! All right. Well, Alex, you've been so wonderful and fun and lovely. And, oh, we hope you come back and visit us because this has been a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, thanks for having me. This was a blast. I mean, gosh, I feel like we get to talk for like. I know. Well, I know. And then (laughs) like we I know. And then like the show, like where are we at right now so far? Almost two hours. And then we talked for an hour before we got the show going. So um, uh, definitely. We could definitely do another show of this for sure. (laughs) A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um, To that end, guys, we will see you next week with a brand new episode. Laura and I have a lot of doubling up on recordings that we need to do as we are going to be going to London and Paris in three weeks. So we will be hopefully, hopefully bringing you an episode recorded from London. Um, but we're still trying to work the kinks out on that. Because uh, <laughs> we do well to just record it from here. Um, so <laughs> until then, guys, we will see you next week with a brand new episode. As always, stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>